Welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your e-commerce tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. On this episode, we interview Calvin Qualis from Scotch Porter. Calvin Qualis wasn't born with a silver spoon. Prior to Scotch Porter, he co-owned a small barber shop in Newark, New Jersey. He experimented with skin, hair, and beard grooming products created with his own hands, which his customers loved and kept asking for. Eventually, he took the plunge and decided to start a business selling his handmade products. But he didn't have online business experience, and he didn't have huge capital. Yet he was able to create a line of products that has raving fans. In today's episode, we hear from Calvin how he did that in an already saturated, highly competitive market. Hey, Calvin, how are you? I'm good, and you? I'm very good. How's your day going so far? It's great. It's great. Happy to be on the call. Cool, cool, cool. Where are you located or where are you based now? We're located in uh, northern New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Okay. I'm also from Jersey. Oh, yeah, cool, what cool. Part? yeah. I'm actually well. I live in Essex County, so uh, in north, pretty close to New York. And you? Essex County as well. We're in the oranges, so we're very close because <laughs> that's Essex County as well. Oh, okay. Just huge coincidence. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Small world. Tell us a little bit about Scotch Porter Brands and the products that you sell. Sure. So Scotch Porter is a men's grooming company and we manufacture and distribute men's grooming products. Our initial highlight product was beard products. And now we've we've transitioned to also manufacturing and selling beard products, hair products, skincare products, and we have other products that we plan to launch that's on the timeline for, for later this fall, body care products. Out of curiosity, what's your personal favorite? Honestly, I, I don't have a favorite. I am hands-on in, in product development of all of our products. And so I really enjoy developing and creating all of our products um, because they're really effective. So uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't really have a favorite product. I will say that for our customers, the beard and the skincare products are, are some of their favorite products. Okay. We hope that you don't mind it, but we actually stalked you a bit. And we learned that you were the co-owner of a barbershop prior to this. Yes. So this is this is a, a big transition, I have to say. I mean, owning a barbershop is definitely not the same as creating a product line. So how did you get here? Sure. So I always give uh, the backstory that goes a bit further back than the barbershop. Um, big fan but- of the backstory, so go ahead. <laughs> as a kid, my brother and I would spend pretty much every Saturday at my mom's unisex salon in Long Island. And I'd say like some of my most really fondest and memorable experiences from that time was, you know, watching customers come into the shop, you know, sit in the chairs, finish getting their hair cut or their hair styled. And then they walk out like this completely different person. You could like, you could literally see their demeanor change. And, and for me, that's, that's always been like, it's always been something that I've remembered. And so uh, when I was working for a market research firm in the finance department, I was presented with an opportunity to open a barbershop and I jumped at the opportunity. And so, you know, I opened this really cool 
five-tier barbershop in Newark, New Jersey. And after about two months of opening the shop, I noticed this recurring issue that the men um, of our shop had, and it was like dry, frizzy hair and beards. You know, I'm not a, a not a chemist, but a super curious person. And I went home and I started to tinker and, and do some research on products. And I'd come back to the barbershop and, and bring products for the barbers to use on the customers. And from there, just get continuous feedback until until we came up with some some really great products that the customers really, really enjoyed. And initially it was just a hobby, <laughs> you know, really no intention on selling the products, but the customers um, demanded to take the products home that they that the barbers were using on them in the shop. And so we began selling products. That's really interesting because we, we just chatted with um, with another business in last season with Leora and Megan from Overtone. And the common denominator was they were also basically mixing the products in the kitchen at home. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. But it sounds like you were more interested in in the feeling that people were getting whenever they were feeling like they were making a good impression. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the mission of Scotch Porter is to help men to look and feel the best, right? It's all about helping men to feel more confident and in, 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 in return, I believe feeling more confident does absolutely lead to a successful life, in my opinion. Sure, sure. What advantages did it give you, the fact that you have this background over your competition when you started the line? Obviously, I think it, um, I think just knowing customers, you know, I wasn't a barber, but I do have my family, right? My mom owned a salon. And so, you know, I grew up in the salon. And so there is, you know, there is a bit of background in terms of here and, and whatnot. And so I think that's one of the biggest pluses for me is that not only do I come from, you know, uh, family who, who my mom who owned a, a unisex salon, but then I also own my own. And so I have this really intimate dialogue with our customers. I understand them. I, I know how to listen to them. I think that's a huge plus um, for me over, over some of the competition is that I really understand. I really understand hair. That's important. Hair and skin, it's very important. Okay, so the men's grooming industry, it's not new. It's been around for a while, but it seems like specifically beards have just really boomed in popularity um, over the past few years now. And I can imagine that your competition is probably high. What are some of the things that you've done to be able to position your brand in the market that's helped you accelerate against your competition? So I'd say one of, I'd say, you know, very low hanging fruit would be the fact that the products that we produce are truly effective and they do exactly what we say they will do. You know, and most, uh, I'd say that most of what I have seen to date on the market in terms of beer products are, it, there's a lot of oils. And, you know, as I always, I sit on my, my soapbox and I say, well, oils aren't doing anything to, to penetrate, you know, the hair shaft. It's really just sitting atop the hair and it's not really doing anything to, to really make the hair more healthier. It really is a cover up. So one of the things that we do is we, we, we really understand sort of the problems that we're solving when we're creating our products, you know, such as conditioning the beard, helping with stray hairs and the products that we create are science driven. So after some time of using the product, one can actually feel that their beard not only looks much better, but it just feels much better. And so 
I hope I'm answering the question. No, no, no. You, you, we, you are. As I say, what I hear is you've focused a lot of effort on the quality of your product. Um, I'm on your website right now, and at the time of this interview, I'm like, say one of your top products. It looks like the the beard balm in particular. You have over a thousand, like over twelve hundred reviews that are five star. That type of thing. How has it been like? Because obviously, you still need to convince people that they need to try your product. Do you feel like it's been that peer review slash word of mouth that has been the driver? Because I mean. On one hand, you're making sure that you have a very refined, awesome product. But what do you feel like the hook is for somebody that has never had it? Say, I've never tried it before. What is drawing somebody like me in? It absolutely is peer reviews and, and word of mouth. And then I and then I think it also has something to do with um, the brand, right? So the overall aesthetics of the brand and um, you know word of mouth and peer reviews has helped tremendously. Yeah, I really love the brand. I mean. The fact that you have targeted men and just even with a name like Scotch Porter, I'm like, can you get any more manly than that? And like, <laughs> you look at the, the color schemes and stuff, all of it sort of fits up my alley of, of what I would personally be interested in. Did you always look this refined or what, has this been a growing process in terms of figuring out the look and feel? This has been a growing process. We We did not always look this refined. And in fact, when we first started the company, when we were operating out of our barbershop, the name of the brand was called Nude by Center Stage Cuts. Center Stage Cuts being the name of my barbershop. Quite honestly, we started off with a you know a Shopify <laughs> website. We took one of their themes. I think we paid like fifty dollars or something for the theme, and we threw in you know our our products weren't that great looking, but we started from a place where we were really just more focused on the the quality of the product and, and sort of validating some of our assumptions that, you know, this is a product that people want. And two, this is a product that people would, um, guys would spend money on. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. What yeah. about just in general, how are you able to promote your business with, I'm assuming, and if I, hopefully I'm not wrong in this, but with less capital than say some of these bigger, bigger brands that you're up against? So initially when we started, we decided to focus in on an underserved market. And uh, the market that we initially decided to focus on were, were men of color. When we looked at what was available on the market, you know, the imagery and a lot of what we had seen, um, you know, we, we didn't see great representation in terms of marketing to men of color. And so we decided that that was a really easy and great place to start because it was underserved. We decided that we hone our messaging in on that, in on men of color. And it it worked out incredibly well for us because it didn't cost, you know, there wasn't huge costs. It's, it's, it's finding a niche and then really talking to, to that subset of customers really understanding them. And we did a really great job. And, you know, at the time there weren't, weren't many, um, many companies targeting um, men of color. And so it just made it a bit easier for us to get the word out about our products. Yeah. And I find that interesting that you touched on that Calvin, because one of the first things I was thinking when I was, you know, doing some research as I was talking to you was, you know, you're in the beauty industry at the end of the day. And as an African-American male, it's not like very common to come across someone who like an African-American male, basically in the beauty industry. Not that they don't exist, but generally it's not where it's not where you find them and you're excelling at this. So this is wonderful, I think. 
Okay, so every business. Has- well, well, I'd like to say that. I mean, there absolutely needs to be more, <laughs> you know, men of color that are in the beauty industry. But I'd really say that there are plenty um, of founders that have come before me that are, you know, in sure. the industry and even currently, Richie Lou Dennis uh, Sundial, which produces um, Shea Moisture and Nubian Heritage. He's a rock star and he's doing really well. So, and then there are companies that have come before me targeting um, people of color. So I, I'd say that, that there are plenty of other men that have come before me, men of color that had some really great businesses, but there needs to be more. All right. So every business has its strengths and weaknesses, and you touched on the quality of the product earlier, but what areas of your business would you say that I don't want to say you're lacking, but where do you think there is room for improvement or you would like to grow? What do you struggle with the most at this point? I think one of the areas that there um, needs to be a bit more focus on, and, and it is an area that we are focused more on, is initially we started out, as I said, selling beer products. That was that was our only product. That was our highlight product. And we've begun to transition from you know beer products to offer other men's grooming products. And I'd say one of the most difficult things is is really getting customers to understand that we're not just a beard company. And so, you know, some of the things that we've been doing is producing content that that isn't just that doesn't just talk about beards. It talks about the overall it talks about overall grooming and health for men. But I'd say that that's probably been one of the toughest areas for us is, is, you know, getting out of this box or being pigeonholed as just a beard company. So we know that you're using Convergio as one of the tools. I mean, that's how we found you and that's how we got you on the podcast. I was curious if there are any other apps or tools that you're using right now that you've really enjoyed that are uh, helping your business in some way that you could recommend to the audience. I mean, Conversio is a, is a really, really great tool and it's been a really great addition to our, to our store. And, um, you know, we've really seen like uh, an incredible lift in, in conversions and sales. Um, uh, some of the other tools, and, and the, the cool thing about Conversio <laughs> is that you offer, it's almost like a roll up of a bunch of different apps, you know, because we use you guys for abandonment cart. We use you guys for, for our receipts to our customers, branded receipts. You know, so Conversio is a really great tool. I, I'd say that we don't use a tremendous amount of apps. I mean, there are some apps that we've used for the occasional sales, and some of them are missing me right now as we're talking. But we have used some apps when we when we are doing gift with purchases that have been very, very uh, useful and of tremendous value. I'm just trying to remember the name of the app that's missing me right now. So you'll have to excuse me. No, 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 that's fine. I was going to say, if you don't mind me asking, how large is your company? Like how many people do you have working with you? Currently we have, we currently have four employees and about six consultants that we're working with. We are bringing on an additional six employees this month. So, you know, we're growing at a, at a pretty, pretty rapid place, I'd say. Uh And then what do you feel like, what are your primary responsibilities in all that? As the founder of the company, it's, uh, it's, I do everything. You know, I am the visionary. I am, you know, the guy that, you know, has conversations with customers. I, you know, so I'm working in product development. I'm helping to lead marketing in terms of 
actual operations. I'm the guy that's working on that currently. I mean, we're bringing in people that are going to help me with some of this stuff. But as we stand right now, I'm involved in just about everything. Just as most founders of startups are, you know, we're, we're the guy that, that does everything from leading the company and the charge and the vision and execution of marketing to taking out garbage. <laughs> so, so I'm currently doing everything with a really great team. I'm, I'm leading everything and I'm involved in everything. That's great. Actually, the, the same I mentioned before the interview, I had a, a meeting this morning and it was actually with Adam from Brothers Leather. I think we interviewed him back in, it was either early season two or late season one. But we were, him and I were both discussing that, running our own businesses and trying to figure out how to uh, best prioritize our time. What tips would you have for the audience, for people that are starting to do their thing, or maybe they've even been established for a little while, in terms of when we have to wear so many hats as owners or founders, how do you find the best ways to use and um, just keep your time focused on the things that matter most? Yeah, what I try to do is every morning, um, you know, when I wake up, I, I, I take my time at breakfast, and then, you know, I spend spend about a good half an hour thinking about, you know, some of the things that I'd like to to get done for the day. And so I create a list of no more than five bullet points <laughs> of the things that I have to get done today. Those are priorities. And then I create another list of about five or so other things that are important as well, but that I could delegate. I take on the list, uh, the five, the priority list for myself. I take that on and I work diligently at getting it done for the day. And then I, you know, I think about how I can get some of the other things off, off of my plate and, and I delegate and I give it to, you know, I give those things to my team to work on. What would you say is was the, the best business decision you actually made throughout this journey? I'm talking from the days that you were at the barbershop all the way to this time now. I'd say being able to, I'd say building a team and being able to trust trust the folks that, that I'm bringing on has been really huge for me. <laughs> I haven't always been um, the kind of guy that, that trusts very easily. And I've been one of those guys. I used to like to take on everything myself <laughs> because in the past, I thought that, that I'd be the one to get the job done and to do it in the way that I wanted it to be done. And, yep. um, you know, I've learned, I've learned to one, you know, when I'm hiring the, the people that I'm hiring or are really, really great, you know, so I've learned to trust more. I've learned to trust more and, and to be able to delegate. And it really is because of the the quality of the team that I have, you know, when I delegate, I know that it's going to get done and they do really, they all do really, really great work. So does that come with time? The issue of trusting? It does. Yeah. I, I'd say that it does as, as anything, it, you know, it, these are all relationships that we're building and, you know, as time progresses and we've begun to work together more, you do begin to trust folks a bit more. But I've also learned that even in the beginning, unless someone gives me a reason not to trust them, <laughs> that I shouldn't start any relationships, whether it's employees, friends, whatever the case is, I shouldn't start any relationship not being able to trust someone, trust the folks that are around me. What do you feel like the most useful and or concrete business advice you've received is that's helped you throughout your journey? Go with your instincts. <laughs> you 
Yeah, that's been one of the biggest um, things for me is that um, the minute that I've sort of tried to justify not going with my my instincts and, you know, going against my instincts, it's always led me to trouble. (laughs) I began to trust it, even if there are areas and things that I'm that, you know, that are very new to me, that it's always best. um, It's always best to trust trust my instincts. So that's like that's advice that I'd give to anyone is to go with your instincts, go with your gut instincts on things. You feel like it's applicable to everyone? I think so, because because here's what I'd say: if there's something very new and I have to make a decision on on something very new to me, I'd seek advice, right? So I talk to, you know, I talk to about five people that I trusted that I think, you know, had some sort of experience uh, on this particular problem that I'm dealing with, and I'd get their advice. And then I'd weigh the pros and cons of each, but ultimately I trust my instincts because what I found is, you know, even folks that are um, quote unquote uh, veterans or very experienced in any particular subject or field, personally, I've been like sort of given advice that that isn't so great, despite my gut instincts telling me maybe that applies, the advice that's given applies to some other business and not necessarily mine. And, and if I didn't agree with it, you know, in the very beginning, I'd say, well, this guy can't lead me wrong. He, you know, he's, he has 30 years experience in this. There's no way that the advice that he's giving me is, is inaccurate. And <laughs> that hasn't been right all the time. Um, and my gut instincts would tell me, eh, yeah, the guy has experience and what he says sounds like it makes sense, but you don't think that this applies to your business. You don't think this is the best advice and you shouldn't do it. But because of the experience of the person giving advice, you know, when I first started, I take them on their advice and take that as, as word. And it has hurt me, you know, in the very beginning. I appreciate your your transparency with that for sure. That is interesting. Also, I I figured that it probably uh, had a bad experience with that because when Jeff asks you the question immediately, Without any thought, your response was got feeling. That's the most useful business advice. So there was a lot of conviction in that answer. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for everything. Really Great. enjoyed as well. Found it very useful. Thank you. So uh, we'll definitely post all the links to your site and your social media in the uh, episode notes. And uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. One Stop Shop is a production of Convergio. Learn how to manage all of the marketing tools, channels, and strategies that you need from one dashboard by visiting Convergio.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit ComeAliveCreative.com. To listen to more episodes or to give us a rating, please visit Convergio.com forward slash iTunes. iTunes.